This is Ethel snoozing in the morning. She just woke up and is looking at me like, stop. She's snoring while she's awake. This is a daily check-in. It's Monday, April 6th. We are still social distancing. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. Even for those of us who have the things we need, it's hard. But I'm calling Bob every weekday to check in and exchange one good thing each. One piece of good news, one silver lining in all of this darkness. So, whoever you are, however you're feeling today, you are welcome here. Let's find some hope together. Hello. Bob, happy Monday. Happy Monday. We made this for the weekend. We did. Did you do anything fun? Uh, I went for a couple of bike rides, um, tried to figure uh, out how to bleed my bike brakes. Try to say that 10 times fast because um, my brakes aren't working, which is a great uh, coronavirus activity to bike ride without oh brakes. Oh, my God. Sort of I'm a metaphor. On the edge. Yeah, right. It's a metaphor for what's happening now. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I took lots of walks this weekend and, of course, watched the new Pixar movie that Disney Plus put out, that Disney put out on Disney Plus onward. Great. I watch every Disney thing that comes out, of course, because uh, well, I am a small child. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's one of the luxuries of our time right now. People are cheering you for watching movies at home. Honestly. Honestly. It's great. It's great. Okay, Bob, I'm calling you. Uh, even on these days where it's it's kind of hard, I I, I just I, I woke up this morning to be honest with like just feeling sort of panicky, just panicked mm. about the world. So I'm I'm glad we're doing this. This is a really sort of grounding activity for me. It it really is the the the, the best part of my day, honestly. Um, <laughs> you know, I I mean I'm not gonna lie. You know, I'm a I'm a silver lining sort of person. It's getting harder to that right now. And, and I'm starting mm -hmm. to settle into the idea that, you know, I mean, I keep saying, I know it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but this is going to be a marathon. We're going to be doing this for a while. And so thank goodness that you and I talk every day about this stuff. Yeah. Thank goodness. Indeed. Glad we're doing this. Okay. Speaking of which, Bob, what's your good thing? Well, our good thing goes entirely to my good thing goes entirely to a listener right now. We got an email on Friday from Charles Anderson, and I'm, I'm just going to read it to you, but you'll see quickly why this speaks right to my heart. Uh, Charles writes, my company sponsors employee groups in each office. Obviously, these are mostly not happening right now, but I lead our fermentation group in Atlanta, and I organized a virtual homebrew session via kits mailed directly to each person, and then he taught them on Zoom how to homebrew beer, and then there's an Instagram link, which I have clicked on, showing everybody holding up their homebrew beer in a Zoom meeting um, I guess he's, he's sharing the pictures with the hashtag butterbeer, but he's teaching all these people how to make beer at home. And I can't think of a better stuck at home activity that takes weeks of, at a time than learning how to brew beer. And, and of course, while I was waiting for you to call, I was browsing home brew kits on Amazon because I'm all in on this idea. <laughs> 
Bob, this is an amazing idea. I love this. I'm looking at this this picture of Charles and his friends here. And this is amazing. They're all holding up their mugs of beer. I love it. I also have to say, Charles, shout out to you for being a Harry Potter fan. Um, love that you're making Harry Potter butter beer. Wow. Oh my God. I, I want to taste that. Yes, I left off the last line of the email. Personally, I made a five gallon batch of my own recipe for Harry Potter butter beer. So that's amazing. That is so cool. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, that's a very good thing, Bob. Yeah. So now I'm going to brew some beer because, you know, that, that's the best <laughs> way for me to be spending all this time at home is drinking more beer. So um, I expect nothing less. What is your good thing? Oh, my good thing is sort of personal. You know, I, um, I, you know, Bob, recently moved from Texas, my, my old home, to California, my new home. And, you know, when you move, you leave a lot of great things and people behind. And one of the things that I left behind that um, is sort of hard was a really great therapist. Mm. Um, she was just magnificent. And I saw her every week and... Um, Therapy has personally been something that's been really useful for me for the past uh, few years of my life. Just being able to process things with someone every week who is not um, a friend or family member, someone who's sort of just there for me um, and is unbiased in some ways is really, really nice. So uh, I was nervous about finding someone here. And then of course, as I was like getting over the hump of being nervous about finding someone here, COVID hit. Um, and I like, like the week that I think shelter in place was put into place, I found someone and I was so excited, but then I couldn't go see them. I couldn't go talk to them uh, in person. And which is another thing that I think I really love about therapy is like being able to go to a space that is 100% for this one very specific activity. Like, <clears throat> you know, I don't have therapy at a coffee shop. I would go to like someone's office uh, and it would be for that and only that. And so I was really nervous um, when I was talking to this new therapist and she was like, hey, we can have, there's some a, such a thing as telehealth and we can have a virtual meeting. And I was like, gosh, I don't know about this. And I was really, really, really hesitant to do that. But then I realized that <laughs> Uh, in addition to just like normal life problems, we are also in the midst of a global pandemic, which I think we can all agree is a kind of global trauma. Um, and trauma is something that I think is worth processing with someone if you can. So I took the leap and I saw her last week for the first time. And we had an hour long session virtually. And Bob, I got to say it was pretty great. And I'm also just like proud of myself for doing that. It's a really hard thing. I'm so glad you tried it. And and what was good and what was different about the experience? That's a really good question. I think what was good about it is that I managed to, I, she, she really managed to like, we managed to connect, which was what I was afraid of, right? I was afraid that like we wouldn't connect because we weren't in the same space. But like we managed to connect. We managed to talk about some really hard things. And she managed to help me process them all virtually <laughs> while not being in the room and not being able to... Because like I was worried about like the social cues that you miss out on, like the body language cues that you might miss out on. But like 
thank God, I guess we both have great internet. Like there wasn't a weird moment of freezing. There wasn't any sort of awkwardness and it just sort of really, really worked. Um, And she could pick up on some body language and some social cues. And so, yeah, it was, it was really, really great. It's also, I mean, I have to say like, it wasn't all great. (laughs) Some of it's hard. Like, of course I live in a house with another human who, listen, I love, but like, it's hard to find privacy in those moments, right? Like even if I'm in my own little room, Um, and the doors closed, it was still challenging. And I found myself um, censoring myself in some ways. And I want to find a way around that just because, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky, this new reality we live in. I mean, uh, good therapy is, there's a lot of, and connection's important, but also radical honesty is important, right? And so you might say something that that maybe you don't even fully mean, but it's it's an expression or feeling you're getting out to someone who understands or is trying to understand you. And it seems to me that would be really hard to be able to talk about, say, your primary relationship, knowing the person, maybe with all good intentions, is trying not to hear you in another room, but they're only a room Absolutely. away. It's got to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know my husband was like, in fact, doing everything to just make sure I felt um, like I had my own space and like I had a private space where I could say anything and everything I needed to say. But even with like all of the preparation that we made... <laughs> For that to create that space, it's still hard, and it, you know, it did get me thinking about like, I'm very lucky, right, that I'm in a really safe, loving relationship, and it did get me thinking about like people who maybe need to have these therapy sessions or even just a conversation with someone who are not in so loving relationships. Um, yeah, I th- during this time, I think you know, Aaliyah, that I've been doing work with Duke University for a couple of years, and about mm. the, the impact of technology on society. And they reached out to me about ten days ago to talk about this problem. A lot of people are reading about, which is mm. victims of domestic violence and how they're dealing with being stuck at home with their potentially abusive partner. Um, it's a yeah. super complicated problem. Uh, I'm glad w- one of my good things to talk about is that people at Duke, students at Duke, and a, and a professor there are trying to ramp up an effort to, to help these folks and find different methods for it. But there's plenty of anecdotal evidence from across the country and across the world that incidents of domestic violence are increasing. And it, it, it makes sense, yeah. not only because you're stuck with, with people and there's no escape like there used to be, but of course, everyone's under all of this immense pressure right now, and that's only got to exacerbate the situation. So, um, you know, those are the kind of folks that that I'm thinking a lot about right now. And, and just one quick tip, yeah. there are people who are uh, bystanders who can help. And you know, often th- those are people maybe at a school and no one's at school anymore. Mm-hmm. So think about kids who might be getting uh, abused at home who can't talk to their teachers anymore, or have a teacher notice something that's wrong. So the new bystanders in the new world order are people like grocery store workers because there's only so many places yeah. you're allowed to go. And so hopefully everyone has their antenna tuned up for that kind of thing. And and I suppose, uh, Alia, this is a time where we can talk about the project that we're releasing next week. I mean, the world keeps going on and we've been working on this big project with, with Intel on privacy for the better part of nine months. And the second, we released the first half in November and the second half of that mm-hmm. will release starting uh, on Monday. And a lot of the focus of it, it's, it's a big discussion of privacy, but a lot of the focus of it will be on uh, domestic violence and technology and how those two things, uh, those, those two ingredients together can make for a big mess for people. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And we're going to be kind of unpacking some of the stuff, digging into some of the stuff over this week to prepare you for the launch of part two of No Place to Hide, our privacy series with Intel next week. So we are not sacrificing our good things. We will absolutely be exchanging one super quick but super important good thing every single day this week still, Bob. But We will also be talking about these issues of privacy um, and now privacy in the context of COVID this week in preparation for the release of No Place to Hide next week. So I look forward to both of those things tomorrow, Leah. Absolutely. But it's Monday. You probably could really use a song to go out on today that brings you a little bit of joy. The song certainly brings me joy, a little bit of inspiration. It's Hold On by Alabama Shakes. Bob. I'm so glad we're doing this and I'm so glad you're my friend. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you're my friend too. (laughs) Okay, talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. you or a loved one have experienced or are experiencing domestic violence, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. See our show notes for an extensive list of resources, including resources about how to access and find therapists within your price range. And if you have your own good thing to share, something that made you smile or laugh or boosted your belief in the good of humanity, email us and tell us about it. It's so Bob at spokemedia.io or call and leave us a voicemail at 253-470-8398. Seriously, we love reading all of your emails, listening to your voicemails. They bring us a lot of joy. So call us, write us, send us an owl. Now, take a deep breath and remember... You're going to get through this together. Now call someone you love and check in on them. Talk to you tomorrow.